Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Versero here on the Michigan Business Network. We're so glad you found us today, and I'm so glad we found an old friend, if you will, that's uh, been around uh, with me through thick and thin, and I'm just so impressed by her. Her name is Annie Farrell, and she is the Director of Sales, uh, retired from Grand Hotel. And, of course, Annie, uh, so glad to have you with us. Uh, Say hello to our crowd. Thanks, Vic. It's nice to be with you, and thanks for that uh Good introduction. I'm glad you put the retired part in. Yeah, well, you know, um, they're going to miss you up there for sure. But uh, I know this isn't uh, – you have had such a wonderful relationship with Grand Hotel on up on Mackinac Island that um, uh, clearly um, we want to talk about that. And, of course, they're going to want to try to find a way to keep you hanging around there. So we'll maybe even talk about those things too. But, Annie, sure. I, I'm not done with that introduction because I, I, uh, I don't want to make this awkward or – or whatever, but I just want you to know, I have always watched you as a professional. Uh, you are one of the absolute classiest ladies I have ever met in my life, period. Wow. And you have uh, honestly uh, been a graceful and wonderful ambassador for Grand Hotel. And so I'm just, uh, when I found out you were retiring, I thought, oh, we've got to tell the Annie Farrell story uh, here on the Leadership Lowdown. So thanks for being a part of it and putting it up with me for a while. But uh, but we want to find out a little bit more about you before we let you ride too much into that uh, uh, nice, relaxing chair out by a beach somewhere. <laughs> well, that's very flattering. Thank you so much. I, I do appreciate that uh, that warm um, impression of me. Thank you. Well, you know, and what's interesting to me is that is that and we, and I'd like to talk about this a little bit, so maybe just plant the seed, but you know, women in business um, is a is an interesting and difficult thing sometimes because you know there always seems like uh, women have to break through some of the glass ceiling and some of the the good old boys club and the smoke filled cigar rooms and you've mm-hmm. done you've done an impressive job with your career over the years and ended up at truly one of the nation's premier hotels and I don't say that lightly I consider myself an ambassador for a grand hotel I just um, think it's one of the absolute greatest uh, gems in the hotel business world uh, and we get to have it right here in Michigan it's such a such a treat and you started with them when uh, how many years ago uh, have you how long have you been with with grand hotel well um, we're coming up on I think it's been 25 years but my very first year was 1987 and I worked for the hotel for one year in the sales office and um, uh, it's funny, and I like to tell the story because 1987 was the 100th anniversary celebration. Oh, yeah, that's class. right. Yeah. So I was there as a young salesperson, just getting started and learning about the hotel. And in my mind, I thought, well, it's an old hotel. It's 100 years. Great. Big cocktail parties, big celebration. <laughs> that's yeah. just lovely. <laughs> um, but I left and I came back in... 97, uh, 10 years later, oh, wow. and then I, I had the chance to be around for the 125th celebration, which was in uh, 2012, mm-hmm. and it was so meaningful and so moving to me to be able to be a part of, of all those celebrations, and um, it, it, was a, it was a great way to, um, to, 
to grow with the with the hotel and grow yeah. in my appreciation for that great historic uh, place. Well, and it is, and, and isn't it an honor for you to work um, with an organization that has history number one and that has had uh, significant history, and most of that is uh, d- the direct result, not. Well, I guess one part beautiful view of the best and biggest front porch in the world, but also um, um, the people. You've met and had the privilege of working with an awful lot of um, really interesting people. And we hope today that maybe we can hear a little bit about some of the leadership uh, things you've witnessed and some of the ways you've applied that leadership over your career. So when you when you came back in 97, what was your role at, at that time? Were you, were you in sales or did you assume the director's spot then? Um, I was in sales and I did not assume the director's spot at that point. I was... Um, one of two salespeople who reported to Ken Hayward, who was the, um, he was probably director of sales at that time when I came back. Yep. And uh, I'm guessing at that time, he might not have, we might not have had a uh, marketing, uh, you know, Ken as the director of sales did everything. Um, marketing, which meant buying the, the newspaper advertising, you know, back in those days, um, so he kind of did it all, but then as um, as we grew and had you know took on new salespeople and younger salespeople, I think Ken uh, took on a bigger role. Um, and you know, the marketing world changed in in thirty years, as you well yeah, know. A little bit, yep. <laughs> a little bit. There was a there was a lot more to think about. So um, I became the director of sales, and so this is a little bit of a funny story, but. Um, we actually had two other salespeople who left Grand Hotel probably within about a month of each other. And um, young Dan and Ken called me into Dan's office, and Dan said, um, well, we lost uh, Roz and we lost uh, Mike, and um, we'd like to, we're going to bring on some new people, but we'd like to make you the director of sales so that you can train those folks, and we think you'll do a great job. We're going to give you a big title and a very little bit of money. So have <laughs> <Yeah>. at it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that the way it always goes? It seems like we get the uh, we get the the big titles and the money's optional. But you know what? Right. I got to believe um, um, <laughs> you probably do a lot of what you've done up there for free because it's such a spe- special special. Um, career and special special time up there in that beautiful spot. We're going to take a, a little commercial break right here, and we'll come right back. This is the Michigan Business Network. This is also the Leadership Lowdown with Vic Versho and Annie Farrell. We'll be right back. Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs. Michigan, 
You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks so much, Annie Farrell, for being a part of this. She is the former director of sales, now retired from Grand Hotel, and what an impressive opportunity for her to have uh, spent uh, a majority of her career looking off that front porch and, of course, making great things happen and creating great memories for everybody that decided to book a program or conference through through Annie. So that is one thing that we didn't talk about, but maybe we'll circle back on it. Um, uh, Annie, I, I, I noticed this is a conference hotel. Um, I don't know what percentage, but you've mm-hmm. got to fill those rooms, and I think of some of the impressive conferences that take place up there, notable conferences. I've seen presidents, presidential candidates, governors from all over the uh, the country, uh, even uh, international dignitaries that have all been a part of that. And I think some of that is a direct result of the sales you've done to bring conferences to the hotel. Is that fair? Uh, yes, that, that is fair. Um, I think a, a lot of uh, where our success comes from is the way the uh, historically the Musser family engaged with the community and took good care of people. And I can think of people who uh, have said to me, geez, I'd really, and um, I'll just name names. One was Lou Dodak, oh, yeah. former Speaker of the House, who said, you know, and I, I didn't know this, but he vacationed there with his wife uh, every year. And he wanted to bring the National Speakers Conference, uh, National Speakers Association, I guess, to Grand Hotel. Wow. And he's told me many times we've been all over the United States and Hawaii. And um, and after the fact, he said, you know, this was the best conference we ever had. Mm, wow. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Well, and you've seen yeah. you've seen many of those. And I guess was the was Grand Hotel uh, set up? as a conference uh, facility when you arrived, or was that some work to do? Well, actually, that first year in 87, the Musters cut the ribbon on the um, the big ballroom, the, oh, yeah. what we call the theater, the room with the pink and white striped rooms. It's, it's so, gorgeous, yeah. Yes, yes, and that and, had just been renovated and updated. And it's it's pretty good size. I don't know if you know the, I'm sure you must, the, the seating capacity, but you know, you know they set it up for the uh, policy conference, um, right. and the Detroit policy conference, and that, that room has theater-style seating. So we, we pack quite a few in there along with a lot of media and um, uh, film crews as well. Exactly. Um, the the capacity is about a thousand people, just theater style. Uh, when you bring the chamber, uh, the Mackinac Policy Conference in there, that you know they build out the stage. They do have a lot of AV in the back, so that cuts into the capacity. But it's a beautiful room, and the high ceilings I think make it feel you don't feel like you're packed in there when you have a thousand people uh, seated in that room. Yeah, not not at all. And of course, the other thing too, and you know this. Uh, uh, I was involved with the jazz festival for another number of years, right. and it's always nice to have um, a bit of a um, uh, uh, an option if the weather goes south on us, because it is Michigan, and so uh, I know that 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 having that as a backup to outdoor events and venues uh, that just gives you all kinds of versatility, doesn't it? Exactly, um, and we always had a policy: if uh, so many people want to take advantage of outdoor space, which particularly in this in this current time, that's really important to have outdoor function space. But we won't book it outdoors without a backup 
option indoors. Mm, right, so. right. That makes sense. And it's, you know, it can be, you know, uh, hot and muggy and it can be uh, mm-hmm. miserably cool and, and windy. And then, of course, it can be <laughs> completely gorgeous, too. So that's why right. you don't ever want to miss that chance. Right. Can you exactly. imagine having an indoor event when when you're looking out that porch, you're looking out that, that view and going, why aren't we outside today? <laughs> yes. You know, and, and to the, the great credit of the staff up there, I know there are times when they've watched the weather all day and decided they had to move a cocktail party or an outdoor oh. dinner inside. And then suddenly at 3 o'clock or 3.30, the weather changes and it looks like it's going to be beautiful. And, boy, they pivot on a dime <laughs> and make it happen back outdoors because that's where you want to be. Well, I can share this story with you as a meeting planner, but one time we had a significant event that was going on in the desert. Um, at a, uh, a facility that we had hired for some of our top salespeople, and I remember, I remember we're looking out, and we have the the mountains across there, and these billowing black clouds have have cropped up, and we're like, we need to move this venue inside, and and the the staff said, no, 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 you don't understand. The weather never changes here. Those clouds come up there, they get caught by the mountains, and they never come down. Don't worry about a thing. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Uh, our cocktail party started, and the weather hit, and it was enormous. There were tables blown over and, oh. and uh, all kind of glass flying everywhere. And because of the group we were, we we all grabbed our stuff, and uh, everybody took their place setting and everything. We, we had it all set up, and the staff was like gave us free booze, you know, because because we're like oh, helping them so much, but I, you know, the weather is the is the big unknown, and uh, and it's yes. always something to pick up and worry about. Well, Annie, <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm just so delighted to visit with you about your career and the amazing place that Grand Hotel is in the in the history of Michigan. So thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. Thanks for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown. Annie Farrell and I are going to be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercherow with our guest today, Annie Farrell, and she is the Director of Sales, retired, I can't believe I'm saying that, uh, there at Grand Hotel. And, of course, Grand Hotel is the gem of not only the Midwest, but I think one of the greatest hotels in all of the country. I've been to a number of them, and I can tell you it's my favorite by far. And Annie helped make that so in her career. And, of course, bringing people from around the world to be a part of Grand Hotel through conferences and different sales events that she was uh, the director of. So, Annie, I think Grand Hotel and its history has a lot to uh, thank you for. But, you know, I I, I, I got to believe there's some challenges when you think of a hotel that was built in 1887 and, and uh, it, it probably didn't have any of the amenities or half of the ones you need to pull off a conference. So tell me about your thoughts on, on, on where we started and where we are. Sure. 
Um, one of the great points of pride uh, that the, the Muster family and our historian and the hotel maintain is the fact that we have operated for 134 seasons seasonally, but continuously operated. We opened every season. Yes. And there were some tough years back then, um, you know, in the in the 40s, during the wartime. A lot of hotels were closing. Um, but uh, the, the story I heard is that when uh, Dan Musser's uncle, or great-uncle, depending on which Mr. Musser you're referencing. <laughs> right, good point. <laughs> right. Mr. Woodfill, the, uh, the fellow who bought the hotel in the 30s, when he started taking convention business in the 40s to fill up what had been just a summer um, resort family destination, yeah, right. his uh, counterparts around the country thought he was nuts, that the, the, these old hotels have been built as um, sort of exclusive places for wealthy families from right. the big cities to come and, and get away from the city in the summer and uh, he felt he really needed that conference business, so they, you know, they had some, they had service clubs, and they had uh, groups that um, might not fit with the concept of a, a high-end destination, and and I think that's what helped carry them through. and And today, it's fifty percent of our business. Oh, is it really that high? Wow, mm-hmm. boy, what yes. a critical role that is for you as a, a, a in your former role as director of sales. You <laughs> the little pressure there, I would think, to make sure that you're you're hitting those numbers. But you know, you yes. you bring up a really good point because I I love Grand Hotel, and I'll probably say this wrong. Is it Bob Bob Taggett? Taggett. Haggett. Spell that for me, would you? T A G. A-T-Z, Taggett. Taggett, very good. Well, he's your historian up there, and I've listened to him a number of times, should know his name better. But um, oh. but one of the things that I think is really impressive, you know, that hotel was built in 1887 by, by railroads and organizations that were all bent on summer tourism. It was all part of the plan to help offset uh, freight costs and everything else by creating some passenger destinations. And, and these wooden hotels right. around the country it were, were sprung up everywhere, and so many of them met an uh, ill-conceited fate. Um, and Grand Hotel at yeah. one point in time was was on that same list to be uh, basically taken, taken down, but the fact that it uh, remained open all those years and, and survived and now th- truly thrived um, we've uh, we've we've got a lot to be thankful for in terms of that morphing, but it is a bit of a business discussion for us about you just can't keep doing the same old thing all the time, right? You've got to you've got to right. keep up, and I'm sure I'm sure some of the recent changes at the hotel have been maybe somewhat controversial for us us traditionalists, but <laughs> it's part of the necessary mor- uh, uh, morphing into the next the next uh, uh, new phase, right? Sure, yes. And, and um, there's a project going on right now, isn't there, that, that is probably yes. the biggest one? I Probably the, the biggest um, that, that they've ever had to undertake, certainly in recent memory, but there's a significant change being uh, a transformation, I guess, at the pool area um, with an upgraded um, pool building that will house a, a meeting room as well as a food and beverage operation, uh, full food and beverage operation down there. But, um, you know, they'll expand the, the lounging uh, situation around the pool, and I, I think it will be a, a fabulous upgrade and really important to the people who are spending a lot of money to, um, to come and enjoy 
um, a fabulous summer experience with their with their families. Uh, and, and the business component, too, as you know, people who want to travel for business these days, uh, it's important that they can they can provide a great spot for their family oh, to yes. come and enjoy the while the they're at the, the conference yeah. or whatever, right? Well, right. and I think that's just so so amazing. And of course, that's part of it. The whole thing is understanding the the fine line that Grand Hotel has played over these years to create and maintain the traditions that we we come to know and love so much. Everywhere from somewhere in time weekend to to thinking back about. Uh, the beautiful rooms and, and, and all the amenities that are there. But mm-hmm. I had a, a friend of mine from Texas. He came up one time back before the air conditioning was installed in the rooms. <laughs> and, and you know, it didn't get that hot, it seemed like, but he was miserable. It was one of those weekends, and he stormed out and said, I'll never come back. And I'm oh. thinking, well, golly, you've missed the whole the whole nugget there. So um, right. what a what an opportunity it is to bring people back to Michigan and let them know just how special that place is. And Annie, you are a special person, and we're so glad you're with us today here on the Michigan Business Network. We've got the Leadership Lowdown right here. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Looking for the best value on your office products with the best service in the industry? For over 30 years, DBI customers have enjoyed outstanding customer service with competitive pricing on everything your office needs. From break room to boardroom, DBI can supply all your work essentials. From paper and coffee to storage and seating, DBI, we do office. Everything for the office? One call, one source, one solution. Visit DBI online at dbiyes.com. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. Thanks for joining the Leadership Lowdown, and thanks to Annie Farrell for being a part of our visit today. She's, of course, the retired director of Grand Hotel, and, and Annie, we've we've been doing a, an impressive commercial here for Grand Hotel, but that's yeah. that's in your rearview mirror. I'd like to look about uh, maybe for a second to hear a little bit about uh, your world as it relates to where, where and what was the path that you went down to get you to um, uh, Grand Hotel. Were you, um, uh, in your in your background, were you a Michigander all your life? Uh, yes, pretty much. Um, born in Chicago, but uh, my folks moved to Kalamazoo very early oh. on, and uh, then I uh, came to Michigan State um, as a junior <clears throat> and actually ended up working in the hotel college as a uh, work-study student for oh. a while. Well, that's a mighty had- fine college, too, as I understand. Uh Mighty fine college, as a matter of fact, yes. Yeah, one of yes. the top in the world for, for hotel for hotel uh, uh, service and education, so that's cool. Well, yes, I worked in the hotel college as a secretary, but never uh, went through that program. Oh, okay. Uh, and ended up getting in the back door. Um, I had been a waitress uh, during my last years at Michigan State, a waitress at the old Hospitality Motor Inn <laughs> um, out on Dunkel Road. Wow. And uh, I think you probably remember that place from long ago. Yeah, I do. I've been around long enough, yeah. Yes. Um, But when I graduated and thought I was going to be a social services um, person someplace, um, they offered me a job in the sales office. 
And I had no idea what the sales office was all about. I didn't even know they did meetings at that hotel, which um, I don't know if that's shame on me or shame on them. But um, (laughs) I had a great great general manager there, a guy by the name of Paul Ryan. And he uh, put me... Uh, gave me the opportunity to take on more and more responsibility. Mm. And uh, that's, that's where we started. And at that time, um, well, shortly after I started, Leona Helmsley uh, bought that hotel as part of a, a chain. That's right, yeah. <clears throat> so I started with um, one of the big names in, uh, in the hotel business. And I was very young, didn't, didn't know a lot about uh, leadership at that time, um, uh, I I would say she was an interesting leader to work for. Well, and and were you did was it a Helmsley Hotel? Is that what they referred to him as? Yes. And um, and did you have a chance to get in the same room with her? I did. Uh, she she visited um, that hotel uh, in East Lansing one time and brought in the managers and salespeople from around the region and. Um, it was a it was a pretty big deal, and everyone was walking on eggshells because she had quite a reputation, <laughs> right. as you may recall. Um, uh, I I it was an interesting experience. You know, I I met her and saw her, um, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, you know, and maybe maybe it's interesting because I I happen to know that you know I, I think of uh, somebody like Ken Hayward. Um, who you had the opportunity to work with as well, and he was he ended his career at um, uh, Grand Hotel recently and has accepted a different position. But he was president. Is that the right title for for where he where his final step was with Grand Hotel? Um, managing director, um, I think vice president probably, and managing direct executive vice president and managing director and. He and Dan Musser worked very closely together, and um, uh, Ken Ken was the guy in in my observation who, you know, made sure that that the trains ran on time. Yeah, well, and I I only bring him up. Um, we want to talk about him for a second because he's such an impressive guy. But you know, the 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 one thing I think is important is that when you think of a Helmsley. Um, it, that has quite this reputation. I also think about somebody else like a like a uh, Ken, and mm-hmm. when you think about the way he conducted himself, I think he had some exacting standards as well. But I also think he probably did it in a way that that inv- evoked loyalty and and uh, and a team spirit because I, I think that's just the way the guy is. So I think right. there, I think I, I just pause there for a second because. You know, it's one thing to to have a reputation for being tough. It's another thing to have a reputation for being tough and fair and honest and basically somebody that you'd do anything for. I've 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 dealt with some of those kind of bosses in my life where I'd never wanted to let them let them down, and that's a right. little bit different than the one that has a tyrannical. Um, <laughs> I'm putting words in your mouth, but but has a tyrannical uh, uh, self worth and and a reputation as well. Well, exactly. that's that's pretty exciting stuff to 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 be in a starting position like that and a lot of growth that you've had. Number one lesson you you got from uh, any of those early days that uh, that you want to uh, comes right to mind. Well, I'll tell you, um, there was a guy I met who was uh, who was did programs regularly at the Harley, and later on he he hired me in another capacity. But he um, uh, he taught me that uh, sometimes just showing up is in a crisis. Showing up is 
one of the most important things you can do. Mm. Um, and uh, this is a bit of a cliche, but you've probably heard uh, success is all about being in the right place at the right time with the right shoes on. <laughs> and, um, you know, you just need to show up and, and be calm and, and stand there and figure it out with somebody when things go wrong. Well, it's a great it's a great lesson because an awful lot of leaders um, uh, in those positions don't know what to do. And let's face it, maybe maybe that's okay, but being with the troops in the moment um, uh, and working out and figuring it out together and bringing a steady hand makes all the difference. So that's, uh, that's a great leadership uh, point for us today and so appropriate. It made its way here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're so glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Verschero along with my guest, Annie Farrell. We'll be right back. The Lansing Board of Water and Light is working on a cleaner energy future. A plan proposed by a citizens committee and the BWL will replace the coal-fired Eckerd plant with power from wind turbines, solar panels, energy-saving technologies, and cleaner natural gas that improve our air quality and environmental health. Learn more about the BWL's plan to become Michigan's cleanest electric utility at LansingEnergyTomorrow.com. The Lansing Board of Water and Light. Hometown people. Hometown power. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. Today's special guest, Annie Farrell, who's the director of sales, retired from Grand Hotel. And I'm just loving some of the stories about one of my favorite places on the planet. And uh, and Annie's sharing them with us. And so, Annie, I don't know if it, uh, which hotel it was, but you mentioned in our last segment that just showing up in a crisis is half of, the, half of the opportunity. You mentioned something about shoes as I was trying to write stuff down, but I have to tell you, you know, usually um, uh, the men are the ones with with the the beat up shoes and the ladies have the best the, the have to wear the right ones. I think that was my takeaway there. But but uh, in that crisis, uh, tell me um, off air. You mentioned what it was. Tell me about what that actual crisis was. Well, that was my my first real experience dealing with a hotel crisis. And there was a it was a rainy day and there was a leak in the roof of the meeting room, and um, I I couldn't fix it. Yep. Maintenance should have fixed it, and I'm sure they were working hard on it, but it never seemed fast enough. And all I could do was show up and tell the folks I was sorry for the problem and just make sure the buckets kept getting changed in a, <laughs> in a timely manner. And I, I, honest to God, I think just just paying attention to the buckets uh, was important to that group and to the guy in charge, and, and that was um that was a learning experience for me. Don't run from the problem. You need to stand in there and do the best you can. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and what it, I'm sure it felt like an embarrassing moment and everything else, but it's never about the crises that you're dealing with. It's how you address it. And how right. you, you know, and and to your point, I just love it, Annie, where you really suggested you don't you don't run from crises. You've got to embrace them, and uh, and for those in leadership roles, you've got to lead through them. And I, right. I I contend it isn't about knowing all the answers; it's about collaboratively building 
uh, a solid response using all the talents in the room. And so if you're the only one and you're the young person on the leader, on the, on the sales staff, grab a bucket. If, if, uh, if you've got resources, then put a, put a tarp on the roof. I don't know. But anyways, right. I, I just love that. Well, early on that was, uh, you're out changing buckets and working on crises. Um, but you had some other things, uh, in your career before you really found your way over to grand hotel. What was, what was the next chapters? Oh gosh, I um, I did a uh, let's see. Well, I went to work for a client um, in a marketing department of an insurance company, huh. and uh, that was an an interesting interval. Um, probably the most interesting uh, job where um, was my uh, the couple of years that I worked for John and Michelle Engler mm. as the residence manager for the governor's residence. Oh and, yes, uh, of course, and of course, uh, anglers were were the um, um, the the governor for the state of Michigan, and of course, you're talking about the governor's. We you refer to it as residence in the old style. We used to call it mansion, but it's a right. beautiful home that that has almost as an impressive view as Grand Hotel, just not as long of a porch. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, that's the summer residence, and then of course there's the residence in Lansing where the family. Um, in uh, essentially in the past anyway the anglers lived there um, and that's sort of the, the center of, of their life down here but going to Mackinac and um, sort of overseeing events that took place at the residence up there was uh, another um, great uh, great time to be in in that job actually yeah, yeah. Well, I can't imagine. Of course, being around people that are in power, under pressure, a lot of things going on, and then you've got a family uh, in situation. So there's probably a little bit of a learning curve there uh, in your oh, situation. Yeah. So are any, um, I don't want any of the, into the salty details, but are, were there um, leadership moments <laughs> either that helped grow your career or moments that you saw others in a leadership capacity that you thought, man, I, I, want, I need to emulate that? under pressure you know that was a um, I was sort of a babe in the woods in that um, in in that job I, I didn't have any political background and um, uh, came to work because I, I knew John and I got to know Michelle and and it was a good fit personally um, and I, I learned a little bit about politics uh, that I you know hadn't known before and and I think you know John Engler love him or hate him he knew how to get things done, mm. and um, that's, I think, uh, an example of leadership that is built up over time by getting to know people and getting to know um, what they what they want, what they need, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, you know, sometimes you don't get you don't get a chance to uh, be necessarily real close on those scenarios, but you might be uh, able to observe some of those. And in um, you know, as a, as a young person having a chance to be around that, that's that's kind of um, that's pretty impressive because you kind of uh, get a chance to see up close. And I don't know whether that. Is one of those things that gets you excited and feel good about it, or if you get up close, you go, "Whoa!" Just like sausage, don't want to see that made. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of both. Um, I will tell you, um, you know, when you when you talk about leadership um, and uh, you know communicating and showing up, and I just remember the very little bit that um, 
when they were trying to give me some um, opportunity for growth and exposure, uh, John Truscott was, um, oh, yeah. you know, talked uh, talk to, to me and some other folks about um, how you deal with a crisis because, um, well, back to the bucket story, uh, crisis management is, is probably one of the most important things that we, that we all have to deal with. And, and John commented that in a public relations situation, transparency is always very important. And mm. um, I, I think of the people I know who've, who've done a good job as leaders, and just to, to be truthful and to be transparent, um, I, I think, you know, stand you in good stead. And it's, it's like the lessons that you learned at your mother's knee. Um, be honest, be, be good to people, and... Um, that's that's a good start for everything well so true well said annie i'm just so glad that you uh, took time out from your schedule to be with us today here on the michigan business network we're so glad you joined us here on the leadership lowdown we'll be right back after these messages Sinair has an unwavering belief that all people deserve the opportunities provided by living in healthy communities. They've lived that mission for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. You don't make that kind of broad impact without a skilled, diverse, and highly valued team. That's one of the reasons Sinair has been consistently named a top place to work by Detroit Free Press, a Crane's Detroit Cool Places to Work, and a best nonprofit to work for. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Thanks for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown. Today, our special guest here on the Michigan Business Network is Annie Farrell, Director Sales, retired now from Grand Hotel. And Annie, this is an interesting opportunity for us um, because I've thoroughly enjoyed to catch up with you and also um, discover some of the the details leading to your impressive career with Grand Hotel. I, I, I think... Um, one of the things I think are there some are there some comments or thoughts or encouragement you could offer other women that are coming up into whether it's hotel hospitality or just generally in business? What are some of the key factors that you found were powerful in your world or really helpful um, that that come to mind that you could help others with? Well, that, those are all <laughs> that's a, a good question. Um, I think, uh, you know, I started in a sales capacity. I was a salesperson reporting to a, a director of sales. And actually, Elaine Taikaki was one of my very first mentors when mm-hmm. I was at the hospitality inn. And then and I followed her to another. Um, well, she opened uh, Long's Convention Center's uh, oh, hotel. Sure. How about uh, that? For, for Gordon Long. That's a, that's a throwback. Yeah. But, um, you know, the leaders that I've, that I've known um, lead by example. I mean, the good ones. They they set the example. Um, they're they're good communicators. Um, as somebody said to me recently, listening is something of a lost art. But being a good listener, I think, and trying to find out um, uh, what the strengths and the fears of the people around you, the people you are trying to lead, um, that's that's a, a good way to. Um, to bridge those those gaps just by listening and, and asking good questions. Right, right. Uh, 
um, in in my life um, that you know there have been a lot of uh, opportunities um, to uh, to to bring people. I, I I wish I had paid more attention to the opportunity to to bring younger people along and younger women actually. Mm. Um, I think uh, we we can all lift each other up and, um, you know, that's a, those, those are all good things. My skill set probably has been, uh, most in networking, um, getting to know people and, and in a sales capacity, you have to know what people need or you're not going to sell them something. Right. Right. And you have to match those needs with, with what your product or your service is. And, and that's a good way to, uh, to get to know people and to develop those business relationships. Yeah. Well, tell me about networking because because um, I, I think you are great at it. I think you 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 uh, actually uh, just flow really well with that. But what does that look like for those of us that that aren't so good at that? Uh, is it picking up the phone? Is it? I mean, what are the techniques of networking that that uh, we can say? Well, these three things are most important, or this one thing. Yeah. You know, I I don't have a I don't have a this one thing, um, but. Well, paying attention, paying attention to what people say. If you ask a question, then you have to listen to the answer and mm-hmm. um, understand what, what motivates people and, and, and what, what they're all about. You know, the Michigan Society of Association Executives, Meeting Professionals International, FICP, the insurance and financial planners, all offer networking opportunities for, uh, for salespeople. And I think when you show up as, as for those opportunities, and that's like a business, you know, business after hours, chamber of commerce, networking. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I had a couple people, as I retired, people would say, gosh, I remember the first time I met you because you were the person who came over and said hello to me. <laughs> and I, it's interesting to think about how you make an impression on people the, the first time you meet them. Um, and, and remember that, welcome people and um uh, help them feel engaged and part of the group, whether it's a social group or a business organization. You need to make them feel like they're part of the of the organization and, and part of the whole activity. So I love this, Annie, and I think it's really helpful. So tell me if I'm if I'm not at a cocktail party or one of these kind of gatherings or whatever. Is there other networking techniques? I mean, do you, do you ever just pick up the phone? And call somebody and say, "Hey, we haven't talked in a little while. I just want to say hi and, and see how your world's going." Is do you, do you do those kind of things as well? Uh, a little bit of that, um, yes. And uh, more and more, I think uh, people are relying on uh, email for those opportunities. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and of course, particularly in a sales position, I, I think you need to be respectful of of someone's time. But to start with an email and say, you know, I'd love to catch up with you. Um, is there a good time for a phone call? Right, right. Well, and I think uh, I think when you think about um, uh, that catching up is uh, I never want to be a time waster, but I want I want to be uh, uh, a blessing to those people that I'm that I'm in in contact with. And then I don't think we have enough time to go into it as much as as you'd like to. But um, mentoring, uh, you've done a lot of it over your life, and you've had it done for you or to you. Um, tell me uh, any tips on on mentoring, real quick. We can squeeze in. Well, sure. I, I think as a mentor, um, first you need to, like I said, listen and, and find out where this person might see them themselves going, and then give them opportunities to um, to engage 
um, in whatever that activity happens to be. Um, Sometimes the toughest thing is to step back and and let someone else take the lead. Well, I love what you just did there. Where do you want to go? What are your dreams? What are your visions? And then rather than just assuming that you're, you know, you, you've got all the answers as a mentor, um, you're giving them a chance for that input and you can kind of help them pursue their dreams. Well, look at, uh, Annie, I can't believe we're out of time. Um, thank you so much for your time. You, you are a, you are a blessing and have been for a number of years at Grand Hotel and truly to the state of Michigan. Oh, thank you, Vic. I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. Well, you are the best. I hope to see you around town. I hope Grand Hotel is smart enough to hang on to you for some special projects because you can <laughs> certainly add a lot. And uh, you certainly added a lot here today on the Michigan Business Network here at the Leadership Lowdown. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in.